Okay, I'm ready when you are. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion. I'm your host, Eddie V. This is the season finale episode. And joining me for today's discussion, live from the NGR Radio headquarters, is my boss, my homeboy, my bro, him. Everything about him is just wonderful and amazing. Everybody, please welcome Mr. Corey Derrick. Yay. Yeah. Corey, we are like doing this live. I like how you just NGR radio headquarters like it's so professional and it's just literally the spare bedroom. It's, it is. I because this is where all the magic happens. This is where NGR has started. Well, transferred for from DNA and transfer into this or transform, I should say, into this. And you know, we grown a lot from where we started at, you know? Yeah. And look at the platform that we are now. Yeah. I mean, you look at things that, like, we were trying to do with DNA and, like, you know, I I have a lot of good friends that helped me out with that project, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure they, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I'm pretty sure they would agree with me that, like, their heart wasn't in it like mine was Mm -hmm. and so like we kind of just decided that like okay people want to do different things people want to go do something else and like it kind of put me in this weird spot where like I wanted to keep doing podcasts and keep doing things like that and Matt and I started NGR Radio as a spinoff like community driven show yes as a not like a safe net but like you know in case somebody dropped out of dna like ngr was there because it was a community show and we could pull people in from like all over the place you know and that's how you got involved and that's how matt and moose now get got involved and that's how you know once we kind of shut the dna project down ngr became this bigger thing Yes. And, you know, now you look at what you and I are doing with Pal Block and Arsenal X and Let's Pod and Play and you see what Moose is doing with Nerds Gone Platinum and the PlayStation stuff. And, you know, you see Matt doing cool things with John with the Brew Review and, you know, his music show Matt and the B-Flats. It's like, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of cool to see, like, things don't turn out how you want them them too initially but they actually turn out better than you expected in yes. most ways where like you know i've made a lot of good friends doing ngr radio including you you know like and now it's weird because like you're literally sitting right next to me instead of us staring at each other through <laughs> on, on a crappy skype connection you know like <laughs> i mean it's it's cool and i'm i'm really happy the way ngr has kind of turned out and you know there's still a few bugs in the system there's still like things we're trying to work out and do and time is a big factor because we all have you know quote unquote real jobs that we need to go to daily so like this can't be like a real job but like with the time we have and the crew that we've built and the people we've met like i'd say it's pretty pretty awesome you know so. Yes. And uh, for a lot of people who don't know NGR, Nurse Gone Rogue Radio is our home. Uh, you can find a link for Optional Opinion there. Um, still deciding, debating that 
uh, to move optional opinion onto the NGR uh, network. It, it'll happen. I think it happened. I, I try to that's, keep it separate. I mean, that's that's something we do too, though, right? That's something yeah. that, that's like an initiative we've started to do was like partner with people and say, look, we want to allow people to, we want like, okay, so you and I both know how hard it is to build something from the ground up. Yes. Like literally build it from the ground up. And we have a lot of friends who like, oh, we want to try this, but how viable is it because of how saturated like podcast markets are and like how YouTube is kind of an up and down thing, especially now because YouTube's kind of cracking down on a bunch of rules and, you know, not that NGR is that big, but you see people like, you know, PewDiePie, you know, I mean, controversies aside, like PewDiePie, uh, Game Grumps, uh, kind of funny, those kind of mainstream kind of YouTubers. Yeah. And, and others as well. Like I'm just naming gaming ones, but like, you know, it's really hard for people to get into YouTube now. And it's like, well, John started that beer podcast and I was like, yo, John, like you don't have to be part of NGR, but we want to have a section for like, you know, you can promote us through NGR just by saying, hey, we want to part with you so we can have our show on your website and on your YouTube page, but still have their separate YouTube page. It would just be like their playlist on like featured on our thing and that's kind of what we started doing yes and that's what i've kind of done with optional opinion you know until like i know like the old network it was a part of was like you kind of up and down a little bit on what like you told me what's happening over there but like you know as sorry no no got an email sorry mute okay uh but you know i have a link for optional opinion on gr for people to subscribe to it to go listen to it like in the way i'm redesigning the website now you're actually going to be able to listen to optional opinion episodes on its own page on ngr even if it's not officially part of ngr because that's what we wanted to do was support creators and support podcasters and say look we know how hard it is we want to give you an opportunity to show your stuff because we've kind of built a community a you know an good solid community and uh, and and they listen to our stuff and they respond to us and they you know it just gives people an opportunity to hear their stuff too so yeah so i mean just uh, that we were just talking about ngr uh we do have a topic everybody yeah we do <laughs> but it's 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 just been wonderful being on ngr and you know I let let my old boss or my old friend know that I left the anonymous radio network because not much was going on and there's no problems, there's no drama, nothing like that. Like he still wanna do podcasts whenever he get ready and I'll still hop on and be a guest there, but like and I'm still going to put uh, optional opinion content on there as long once once you get everything together. Um because that's where the podcast version kind of started out as all the audio podcasts, I should say. But it's like NGR, you know, we have content that we're ready to give to the community, to anybody who wants to see it on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And that consistency was just like, well, you know, I need to be on a platform that's 
that's going to continue that consistency, you mm-hmm. know, that if if one of us can't do a show, then hey, we have an audio that like, you know, Arsenal X, you was out of town. We couldn't we couldn't do video, but we still do it. Arsenal X for mm-hmm. video and we put it out there and people liked it and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and it's just like, you know, every week we got something going on. And if we can't do a show or something, no matter, we'll, we got something already for next weekend. We got mm-hmm. other shows and stuff. So it's good that we sometimes take a break. But I like the consistency that we got at. Yeah, uh, plus like if, if, say like Arsenal x we still have plenty of other shows within our network that people can be like, oh, well, maybe like I don't normally listen to this show, but maybe I'll give it a listen this week because the show the show that I normally listen to took a week off or whatever. You yes. Know? And like, you know, we do two Nintendo shows a week. Well, sometimes we don't get that Friday show in. Like, uh, you know, this past week while you're here, like we decided not to do a Friday show because you're going to be here and we recorded a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, just to save time on like the travel time and, and everything, yes. you know. So like, but Nerds Gone Platinum went up on Friday because they recorded Wednesday. I always take the day after we record to edit the show Mm -hmm. and then it goes up the next day and you know normally it goes up on thursdays but you know this week it went up on friday so people could have something to listen to instead of the pow block episode yes i mean and and plus like if you're not into games like we still have matt and the b flats that you know like they're not that show is officially not part of ngr but you know i matt's my partner on ngr radio and so I want to help him promote that show because, you know, Matt's our friend and our co-host and our co-worker. Yes. You know, like, there, there's just a bunch of different things we want to do. And it's just, it, it all comes down to be, like, trying to be a nice person and trying to helping somebody out. You know, <laughs> it's like the internet equivalent of, like, holding a door for an old woman or, like, <laughs> standing up when you, on the bus for somebody yeah. to sit down. like. That's kind of like what I want it to be like, even though it's like not really the same thing. But that's in my mind. That's like, yeah, I'll hit share on Kiku's super news video. I want people to know he's out there and right. So, so yeah, so uh, yeah. So, but this is the season finale for Optional Opinion. Um, a new season will be starting soon. I got a lot of guests, a lot of topics coming up. Um, there's going to be new music. I kind of need to take some new pictures also because the gray one with me still standing with my hair like that. Uh, it's classy, but, uh, I kind of need a new picture and new artwork and stuff. So I'll be trying to get that. We should do that. We should do that today after we record. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, but I need my haircut. I need to be well. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, but today's episode, today's topic, uh, me and Corey and our good friend from Arsenal X, Mr. Jesse Douglas, was playing uh, Destiny 2. And it hit me, well, we were going to talk about handhelds, but I want to go to a different discussion on why co-op play is important to games nowadays and it's a it's a basic topic but we come from an age that in the nintendo days it was good to have someone by the side to do a Mm two-player game Mm -hmm. and then we just got into the mentality of having a single player uh mind because for some people they don't like playing with 
other players online because th- sometimes you don't know that other person you don't know how they dis- discuss stuff it's not you don't have a concern for their skill or anything in the game but sometimes people don't want to hear the discussions that others are having mm-hmm. and if you feel like that you're not involved in the discussion then you don't want to participate in even going online and co-oping with mm-hmm. them. So why is it now? Like me and you, we had me, you and Jesse had a good time, and and a lot of people who co-op with me with games and stuff. If we're having a one-on-one conversation, we're fine. But when other people are talking, I like I'm, I I shut up. I know we were <laughs> when we were playing last night. Jesse and I were talking about all these weapons, like, uh, like I I'm way farther destiny on my playstation characters than i am on my xbox characters so yes. we were trying to finish the campaign last night and we failed miserably because like i was do- we had been up all day recording stuff and like i was starting to doze off and ed, i could just tell ed was like i really hope we're going to bed soon <laughs> like, he just had <laughs> now, this look on his face can like, i tell can i tell you what happened it's because i see your eyes close and mm-hmm. And your character was like stuck in an animation of jumping. So when I said, Corey, you moved, you woke up, and then you started moving. And like you felt was falling asleep with the controller in your yeah, hand. Yeah, I do that a lot, though. Like, I, <laughs> I, I do that a lot because just because, like, whew, it's, uh, yeah, it, when it gets late, I'm not as young and vibrant as I used to be. So, like, it, it's really hard to stay up really it, late now. But, like, we were playing last night, and Jesse and I were talking about. There's this really good scout rifle you get early on in the game, and it's probably the second or third kind of best gun in the game, mm-hmm. secretly. But you get it so early on in the campaign that like people kind of dismiss it and kind of dismantle it when they get something better. It's called Nameless Midnight. It's a scout rifle, and it has really long range and really high impact from long range. And so you can kind of extend that mid-range shooting game. And... and <laughs> Jesse and I were talking about that, and Ed's just like stone faced, like I don't know what they're talking about. I'm just gonna not talk right now. And then I was like, <laughs> Ed, what's what do you t- say something? You're like, I'm focused. <laughs> I'm focused. <laughs> and, and, and I and you know what, my friend uh, David, uh, his brother, who's also named Jesse, <laughs> uh, we did that for Borderlands Two, and we're in the same room, and they're talking a lot, and I'm just I I hush because. Uh, sometimes it's just like when I don't know anything, so I can't really contribute. And when I when I shut down like that and I can't say nothing, my mind goes focused to the game because I, I'm not a bad player, but I'm just like I'm when I'm focused, I focus on helping the team out so we can achieve our goal. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's different when me and you talk and like when we do our less partner play, like mm-hmm. when if we co op, you know. We could we could talk and like hop different hop around from what we're playing and things like that, but when we get another person and you talking to that other person and I'm talking to that other person and sometimes y'all get into a discussion that sometimes it's good for me to hear to learn. I shut down because I need to focus mm-hmm. and that that doesn't happen too much often in co-op games. It's mm-hmm. like the discussion is sometimes good, but when you're not part of it that I, for me personally I don't jump off but I know that if it gets to a point of being annoying and stuff I could I could mute it if I want to but I feel like mm, you know what I'm uh I'm going to leave and probably go play something else or play this game on my own because mm-hmm. 
there, there's, there's just too much going on and mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you guys like get you know you guys understand each other but you know to be to for me to be included I'm not part of that kind mm-hmm. of discussion and stuff yeah I I understand like my friend and my friend and my other friend are were like really into for honor this summer like mm-hmm. they were like hardcore into it and like I would join their parties to talk to them and stuff but like it's this it's the same thing where like they were talking about stances and classes and like how you're supposed to move throughout the world and how like the, it's like a rock paper scissors game where like this character is better against this class but this class is kind of broken because it's good against everything and like I'm just like uh, what <laughs> and so like I would jump out of the party because I just like it's it's not like it's not like it's uncomfortable when people are talking about stuff you just feel mm-hmm. like kind of left out because you're not you're not in that world you're not playing that game so you can't really contribute to the conversation so like and then for me i wasn't interested in for honor at all so like all that just kind of sounded like jargon it wasn't like something i wanted to learn how to do because like i just wasn't gonna get for honor like that game just wasn't for me right so i just kind of left the party and and started doing something else i think it was i don't know what i was playing at the time but like you know, I I get it, but like it's interesting from your point of view because you're interested enough in Destiny to keep going, right? And so like, even though you're quiet, you're paying attention to what Jesse and I have to say about the weapons. Like, you got we progressed to the story mission where you get kind of get your first exotic weapon, mm-hmm. and we told you to take Sunshot, and like even though that's a really good weapon, you had something that was higher light but we didn't want you to dismantle it because that's actually a really good weapon. And so, like, it's learning, like, when you when you run through the campaign of Destiny, you just want to keep putting on gear that's higher light until, like, you start getting your purple stuff. And then that's when you start looking at the stats of the weapon and seeing which ones are good, which ones are not. And so that's kind of like what Jesse and I were talking about and when you were kind of listening to us talk about that stuff so it's really it's interesting because i don't remember like i've played so much destiny i don't remember the last time i was in your position mm-hmm. so like it, it's just cool to see like other people's perspectives were like i've been playing since vanilla destiny jesse didn't really play a lot of destiny one but he jumped in really kind of hardcore in destiny two and then you as like a destiny kind of n- novice where like you played through the campaigns and we kind of talked about it on this show before yes uh about destiny one and like the ups and downs and whatever and now we're now we're here again ironically talking about destiny which i know isn't the main focus of this show but it's the easiest co-op thing for me to to talk about right now and especially because like games games uh for service are so big right now yes and a big part of those games are cooperative experiences mm-hmm. the division uh rainbow six siege uh, ghost recon wildlands destiny uh you know i wouldn't be surprised if some future iteration of halo or gears of war would be something like that titanfall 2 you know it's it, overwatch you know you see these games that expand uh they make their money on instead of selling you maps now you buy loot boxes and that's how they make their money now you know so it's it's just interesting (laughs) that co-op games are kind of coming back in a big way 
but like in a different way right because because like when we used to play like n64 and gamecube it'd be like split screen maybe play through the campaign or even like gears of war really incentivize that team aspect you know and then competitive games kind of came in and kind of people started taking like especially split screen co-op out of their game like yeah halo 5 a lot of people were mad because split screen co-op is so vital to all the previous halo games and then they took it out so like that like hurt a lot of people and that's it turned a lot it turned a lot of people off from that game you know halo 5 still sold well but like sorry i hit the table not this guy uh, halo 5 still sold well but uh you know a lot of people didn't get it because they're like oh well my kid's old enough to play halo now and we want to play split screen co-op but we don't want to have to buy another xbox to play so we'll just like maybe either buy the master chief collection to play the old halo games or just play something else altogether right and so now that we're seeing this kind of revival of co-op you know to use a what pc players have known for a long time is pve content you know which is a big focus of destiny like i don't even care about the the competitive stuff in destiny the competitive multiplayer everything i like to do is co-op and that's amazing that like these games now can you can do competitive together you can do co-op together you can do kind of whatever you want in these games and so it's not like uh the old super mario brothers were like hey we have two controllers and we'll take turns or like right it's it's just cool like the evolution of video games has just been so fascinating to watch and like the new generation of kids aren't really going to see what we grew up with and it's right it's, it's weird it but I, I know for me because i grown up in my household yeah i did play with my brother but like even in, even in the arcade scene me and josh brent was talking about this you know that it was good to have different people come in and play with you and or challenge you like the street fighter stuff but I would always be like, you know what? I want to play this game by myself because I played a, I play a lot of games by myself, you know, and it and it, help, it helps me focus that, you know, it helps me point out any problems or any topics or, you know, coming up with podcasts and stuff. It, it helped me point out things that we normally don't talk about or we normally don't uh we don't like really recognize the tech heart like like grand theft auto uh five like i'm not interested in this online functionality and doing bank heist and stuff because i feel like with grand theft auto people who do play that game play it for the single player Mm -hmm. but the problem is they don't play it for the story they play it for what they can do with the cheats and stuff and the online functionality, even though that's big for for a lot of people, I don't hear a lot of people talking about its co-op ability, mm-hmm. you know, playing it with other friends and stuff. Like, I'll hear more about modding and people playing it probably online because it, it's all on PC. But when it came out for 360 PS3, wasn't nobody talking about that online, its online feature. Like, people yeah, were the, t- the big thing was like, when Grand Theft Auto came out, they promised these cool co-op heists. Yeah. And the heists came out so late after Grand Theft Auto came out, that it was like, it was over a year that the he- they couldn't get the heists to work properly. That, like, 
yeah, they re-released the game on PS4 and Xbox One, but like the features they were talking about were implemented into the single player, which were the first person mode, the where you go take drugs and become an animal or whatever, like that kind of weird stuff. And like the on the Grand Theft Auto Online didn't really start becoming the monster it is today mm-hmm. until like two years after the game came out because they started adding all these features for free and now they added uh the, nobody even really talks about the heist anymore because they've added so many other features to it like the uh battle royale style thing they just added the smugglers run dlc for it and like a lot of people are waiting for the single player dlc that they said was coming when the game launched and it's been what four years at four this years. point yeah, and it's, it's still, it's still and like probably not going to see single player dlc there you're just going to see grand theft auto 6 or whatever the future of grand theft auto is and that it to me that's i'm not sad about it because i i i a lot of people know how negative i am on the grand theft auto series and um i'm negative on it in a sense that Nothing about that game stands out. And I feel like other open world games have done it better. And those open world games have included co-op play. If you look at, like, even St. Rose uh, Rose 2 had co-op play. Me and my friend, we ran through that. Me and my other friend, David, uh, once again, we ran through Saints Row the third. And we laughed because I'm driving a tiger (laughs) that's hitting me. And But we we were able to get through that game, open world game and have fun how come the leading company which is rockstar who had grand theft auto which i would give it more to the i feel like open world i, I would give it more to maybe super mario all-star not super mario all-stars super mario 64 or uh, uh ocarina of time i'll give it more to that for being open world first that grand theft auto with all with all this with all the music the graphics all the sales numbers i'm like why have you not even included co-op in the campaign you got and we're and definitely we're great on the five yeah because there's three characters like you could have easily had three player co-op right and especially like the campaign has the heist moments in it where like you know depending on what character you are is the job that you're doing during the heist and like i mean i i understand that was like the big thing for Grand Theft Auto Online, but you could still add that co-op feature for GTA 5 proper, you know, like I don't know, it's it's weird, and now we see Red Dead Redemption coming from them, Red Dead 2, and like there's a gang that you're a part of, and how are you going to be switching between these different members, like how are you going to be switching between like, how are you going to be switching between the different gang members, and should co-op exist with the six or seven different gang members of Dutch's gang? Like, that's the thing, you know? Like, they're making, they're setting it up for co-op. Angels of Mayhem did the same thing. You yes. Know, where, like, they're trying to attack this hero shooter in a different way. They're putting the hero shooter in a single-player campaign, and, like, that's a cool idea, but that game seems totally made for co-op. Yes, and that's that's the part that people like. People didn't care; didn't have competitive multiplayer. Like that game is a Saints Row style game, an open world where you're doing missions and being ridiculous, right? Yeah. But the catch was like you built a team of three heroes, and you went out into the world and did these different uh, 
missions with these characters and you switch through on the fly and like co-op where's the co-op like this is so easily meant for like co-op missions and you know we see people starting to put co-op back in their game mm-hmm. you know it's gonna be interesting to see like a like nintendo's doing it with super mario odyssey a second player can take control of cappy and attack enemies similar to what they did in galaxy with the the star, star. the yeah. star thing like you know it's i'm i'm sad that like co-op like couch co-op specifically is kind of gone but it's interesting to see the co-op that has immersed from games like destiny and the division right and i think people like rockstar and you know even i don't, I don't know even like some of these other companies should take notes from from these other companies that are doing it well you know destiny isn't couch co-op but there's a cool co-op element to it you know and I don't know. I would like to see Couch Co-op well, come back. Let me ask you this, because this just came to my mind. Why do you think Co-op is not rated by the ESRB as AO? Uh, because you can't control who's sitting next to you, like, on the couch. You can't mm-hmm. control what they're saying. Or, like, they always have that warning of online play will be different than single-player play. So, like, it's kind of like a warning to say hey be careful who you're playing with and like they the esrb kind of judges the content of the game in the game only and not who's playing it or the language being said through party chat or you know that kind of stuff did you think there there should do you think there should be a barrier where um when you are playing co-op and you are doing like voice that when you see or hear even like a kid using like foul languages or saying stuff that really he shouldn't be saying, he or she shouldn't be saying, I know some people report them, but do you think in game there should be where you uh, like send that player to that publisher and be like this, like we have a recording or there's something about this that, um, we have this person and we have this replay and we have this live stream or whatever of this person being toxic in that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this person think, shouldn't be like playing co-op or this game at all. Yeah. I mean, that's what we were talking about on one of the power blocks episode, power block episodes you recorded while you were here. Right. was like YouTube has cut off live streaming or Nintendo has cut off live streaming to YouTube for yes. influencers. Right. And I think that's how Nintendo wants to control the message. Now, Nintendo has a very, uh, they, they honor their developers and their, and their company, uh, to a point where they want the, the image of their company is more important than free promotion or, you know, getting influencers out there to promote their games, right? That's, Mm -hmm. you know, not every company is like that. And Nintendo has taken a firm stance like that. Right. And you know, it, it works for them because everybody knows Nintendo is the best at what they do. You know, right. it's whether you enjoy one, two, five, twenty of their different franchises, you know, you can't deny that Nintendo is the best game developer in the world. Right. Right. I I truly believe that. I've believed that ever since I had my NES and then turned around and got a Sega Genesis <laughs> instead of a Super Nintendo when I was little and I was like then you go back to N64 and your mind is just blown, right? 
that's how, I mean, Mar- I went from Mario 3, arguably one of the best platformers ever made, to Mario 64. Yes. And it's like, your mind is blown that like something this good could be even better as technology progresses. Right. Uh, but, you know, there's other companies like, uh, you know, Ubisoft, for example, like say what you will about their games. I enjoy m- most of their properties. I really enjoy Mario vs. Cross Rabbids, and I really, uh, I enjoyed what I played of The Division. I had some issues with it, but right. I enjoyed The Division. I enjoy the occasional Assassin's Creed game, depending on which studio theirs is developing it, uh, which is why I'm excited for Origins, because it's the Black Flag team. Uh, mm-hmm. and Black Flag's my favorite but you know you look at um... yes I'm sorry there's a spike I want to make sure I have enough room to edit that out you look at some of their games right like Rainbow Six Siege and Ghost Recon where they're giving they're literally sending free codes to these influencers Yeah, and they can kind of say whatever they want about the game or like you see EA kind of in the middle of that where they're sending free codes to these influencers, but when they tweet out their video or the, in the title of their video, they have to say sponsored by EA or presented by EA. Yeah. Like they have to let it be known that EA has given them these things and then the influencers have these guidelines of what they can and can't say. And if they break those guidelines, I mean, they, you know ea will crack down on them and never like probably never give them free things and that will extend out into like a blacklist type situation but Mm -hmm. you know it's just interesting to see the how you know now we're seeing youtube crack down on stuff and this is why people are flocking to twitch because twitch allows people to do whatever they want however they want and you know that's good and bad and at the same time you know and and that's why i respect nintendo for cracking down you know, right. So, and that because the thing with co-op play uh, has always been the language. Uh-huh. Um, it has, and, and it's still to this very day the swatting. You know that at, during the 360 PS3 days, that was a big thing. And it, sometimes it feels like co-op has its positives, but it has more negatives than positives. Sometimes you know. Depending on what internet that you use, because me and you, like even me and Jesse, like you guys, you guys are easy to connect. But because I'm using the Belkin, and no, you know, nothing against Belkin, because I think they're they're very good. Their internet is like, or mm-hmm. their wireless stuff is very, um, is like easy. That security blocks me yeah. from playing with you guys, and I have to find ways to get around it. Now, now I know how to do it, and that was the problem that I, I was even having my uh, Wii U and 3DS because I wanted to, I want to play people in Smash, mm-hmm. and I can't do that because it connects me online. Yeah. But it don't allow that online feature to play. So I have to go in. I have to do all of this stuff. Have to give it a, even a few minutes. And then when it actually connects, it'd be like, okay, now you can play with your friends and right. stuff. And I'm not that technical advanced <laughs> to skip all of that for people, for other people to be hopping on a secure line and stuff. And it's very weird. But, like, th- there's still some negativity about co-op play. And I think definitely with the language is you know people fear for swatting that you know of course you got matchmaking and private stuff like that 
it still doesn't feel welcoming in a sense mm-hmm. when it comes to oh no it's uh, more toxic than ever i think like yeah you know there's there are certain communities that take it you know there there are certain communities that take co-op seriously like blizzard takes co-op very seriously yes. they they really do crack down on gamers who are mean to people and they ban them you know they 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 go to that far to where like as long as people are doing a good job of monitoring the games and uh the party chats and like people doing a good job of helping blizzard report people you know blizzard does a good job of managing their community say look we don't want a toxic community we understand it's going to exist in some form but we want to do our part in helping that toxicity level stay down and you know it's the opposite of destiny where like yeah the community itself the community itself is great but the community has a tough time of welcoming new players because you know once the raid's been out for like two or three weeks people who are looking for people to raid with like and now with the with the guide game system it's helping a little bit right yeah like because like there's clans out there specifically to help uh shepherd people through the raid for the first time or trials for the first time you know but in destiny one there were so many uh players out there who just wanted the best top tier players to run the raid they want like you had to have specific weapons or you weren't allowed to raid with someone you had to know the raid inside and out and you weren't allowed to play with someone like it was that bad and even people on my friends list were like that you know mm-hmm. you know I'm not going to say any names, but pe- people that you and I both know and have played games with before and have party chats with, like, this person wouldn't let, because my Xbox player was so low, wouldn't let me raid with them because I didn't have a certain weapon. And you can't even get the quest for this weapon until you run the raid once. And that's someone we know and are friends with. So, yeah. like, it was, it's very frustrating to be in situations like that and, and like... I don't know. I just think co-op and multiplayer games are toxic. And, you know, if it, it's just the the way the internet works where, like, sometimes people feel like they can say anything they want because there's not a face attached to their profile. Or, right. you know, they're kind of going in anonymously with a, a handle like, like teabag bro 420 or whatever. And I think a lot of people who take seriousness over fun and know that even though you you look good in that certain light, you're missing the part of what the game you're missing out on that fun. And if you if you feel like that you're gonna be you know you're gonna be going for that seriousness, know that you're only gonna be having a you're, you're only gonna have a limited spotlight mm-hmm. because you're good at that, but you know you cut yourself off when if no one's on your level of seriousness then you can't play a game with them and Mm -hmm. that's i feel like that's a little bit discriminatory in a way not race-wise or anything but as a gamer just like you should be able to play with anybody who wants to play with you now if that toxicity you on a whole different level uh, you have the right to say and do what you want, but I don't want to be a part of that. That's not me. Mm-hmm. So, and you can remove yourself from that platform. At one point, that I actually stayed away from doing co-op games and playing with other people I've never met and stuff, and staying mm-hmm. single player. It's because there's so much 
you know, you want to go and report that person or you sometimes feel like helpless because you might not want to report it and just not want to even play that game. Or you might actually just play the single player and trade it in mm-hmm. and get something else. And and that's kind of and that's really kind of sad. That one of the sad things about co-op plays that when when it, when the negative overshadows the positive, it, it feels like doing online gaming. A lot of people don't want to take a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's just like these com- these specific specifically game communities like specific game communities, uh, you know, get more toxic over time because. You know, what if what if somebody's interested? Let's say somebody's interested in in an Xbox One X this fall, yes, and they really like Gears of War, and they haven't upgraded yet, they haven't played it yet, right? That game's been out for two years, so a lot of the, like the kind of casual uh, multiplayer gamers have dropped out because people are getting really like the hardcore community is getting really good, and then somebody gets Gears of War. Uh, for Christmas with their Xbox One X and they play through the campaign. The campaign's great. Beautiful looking game. All that stuff. And then they jump into multiplayer and they get wrecked. And then you get the mean Xbox One message say like, you know, all these horrible things to you and it's going to turn somebody off from playing multiplayer. You know, if I, I've had right. those situations before where like okay, I get it because I know how the internet acts and we, we've been a part of podcasting and these kind of <laughs> negative comments and types of things all the time. But yeah. like, you know, somebody, some Joe Schmo out there just wants to sit down and buys like two or three games a year to play casually. You know, they're just like, well, I don't want to jump back into that environment. If I'm, if these people are just going to keep sending me messages or whatever. And like, you know, I've get, I get messages like that when I pop into Halo five every once in a while, just because like, I enjoy a good round of Halo. Right. But Halo feels so different from Destiny that it takes me a minute to it takes me like a couple rounds to get used to the the controls again, you know, because like they're different. And people that play Halo every day, I, like I'm getting matched with people that play Halo every day, and they send you messages or like, you know, block you or refuse to play with you or even report you because you're not good at the game, and that sucks, and that turns a lot of people off. Right, and I think a lot of people. I feel like sometimes there needs to be a convention or at a convention, there needs to be a discussion on having manners with co-op play, mm-hmm. being online and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a person, this this is my, if you're a person that you could run good stuff online, but you can't really run stuff socially, like you're not a very social person, you need to take that same mentality of being online and do it being social. Now, if you're a negative person online, but are not not a real negative person in real life, you need to reevaluate what video games are to you. I always say that you don't need to be negative. If someone is failing, guess what? Be a leader and teach. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way that people could get to your level or people can can learn what the game is. Don't forget, a lot of people can't comprehend a lot of mechanics in games. Yeah. You know, how how in the world can you know everything about Destiny and yet you still can't be Mario Brothers, uh Super Mario Brothers from World One to Eight without using the uh without using the word pipes. pipes. <laughs> like 
Well, it's the same thing. Like, if you look at it the other way around, we're like, it's easy for my wife to get the concept of a 2D game or like something like Mario Kart, right? And Nintendo mm-hmm. games are, most Nintendo games are actually really good at this. We're like, you know, it doesn't require the second stick to move the camera around. But once you introduce somebody into that 3D space and like moving the stick, you have to understand like moving the stick forward, move them forward and backwards. But then the stick also moves them side to side instead of turning the character. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to use the camera to wh- like turn the camera, then press forward, and that's how you turn. You know, that intimidates a lot of people, which is why yes. Nintendo had a lot of success with New Super Mario Brothers on Wii. You know, it it got that people it got people who were interested in games, but not enough to learn. Like we had to learn. We had the well, we had the opportunity to learn what how to use joysticks with like. Okay, Saturn kind of introduced it with Nights into Dreams, but N64 really introduced the analog stick. Right. And then, you know, PlayStation introduced the two analog stick system. And then we kind of grew up witnessing these companies make the mistakes of what do we do with this right analog stick? And then it just became a defunct camera. uh, And people, actually, I give Halo a lot of credit for this by when they kind of you know, made the dual stick uh, controller viable in a first person shooter. You know, we've had we had console first person shooters before, like Perfect Dark and GoldenEye and yeah. Doom and uh, well, sort of Doom. Uh, but like when Halo came over, they did the smart thing and introduced us to the right stick being the camera, right? And you moving and strafing with this, where like they had controls like that in GoldenEye, where like you could use the C buttons as the camera. But it didn't work very well because they're buttons and not a stick. stick but, right. Uh, you know, and then people started implementing that system into other games. You know, uh, a lot of other popular games started doing that, and now that's just the standard. You know, right. the right stick is the camera in most games, except for like Sony refuses to use the right stick as a camera in God of War. <laughs> it's still the dodge roll thing. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's going to change or not in God of God of War Four. But, like, you know, even God of War 3 and Ascension, it was like, I went to swing the camera around and I I, <laughs> I dodged off of this platform and died. And I was like, <laughs> I just wanted to turn the camera to see what was happening. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, that's kind of, like, it's cool. And some some games have tried to use that right stick as something else. Like, For Honor is a good example where uh-huh. the camera is pretty stationary over that uh, right shoulder. And... The stick is your is your weapon, you know, whatever stance you want to do for your weapon, and then you use that right stick and a combination of triggers to use your weapon. Uh, you know, there are interesting experiences like that. Or, like, if a new ape escape comes out, I'm sure they're going to use the right stick as catching the apes because that's what the DualShock was invented for, was yes. ape escape. So, I don't know. But, I mean, my point is, is like, Games are more intimidating now than ever for people to jump into, even from like just a general interest perspective. And then you add this toxicity of like online communities on top of that. Yes, that just sucks. But the 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 new like line of co op experiences is like kind of revitalizing multiplayer in a new, in a old slash new way. And it's making it less toxic because it's not competitive. It's meant for people to help each other. It's meant for people to play together right. and play as a team. And that's cool. 
Yes, I, I do love that. You know what? I I would love for that's why I feel like Arcase needs to make a comeback because I think Arcase teach you on how to work together well. You know, if you want to uh if if you want to progress in a game, you have to work because if you don't work together, that money that you're investing, you're losing out. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, if everybody work together and know their places and stuff, you could go as far as you can with your co- with your with your quarter or your token or whatever. And I feel like for a lot of people nowadays, like I would love to take my nephew and maybe when he grows up a little bit, um, I would love to take him to an arcade and I would love to play Final Fight with them. And I'm just like, this is like you play Mario Brothers with Granny. Okay, that's fine. But come play this game with your uncle and let's see what you can learn from it in order to uh events in video games like if you know if you could work well with granny you should be able to work well with me mm-hmm. and i, I kind of want to do that and i think a lot of people need to like need to go to an arcade and work with different people. Cause now you're in a social environment where you cannot be negative with somebody or it might pop off in the arcade and stuff. Yeah. But, but let's see if you could use your skills. Let's see if you could use your communication uh, and tell another person, okay, I got the left for the person in the left. You guys try to handle the boss or I got these enemies that come and handle the boss or I got the boss while he's dizzy. I'll use my special. Can you guys keep like, if you could work that way well on a arcade game with other people, that same skill should be able to work in your co-op space online. You shouldn't be able to switch uh, switch it off and if you are switching it off I think you need to play more arcade games like you need to be more sm- more social with people around you than you are uh, just being alone online right yeah <coughs> sorry <laughs> I think that you know I I think a lot of the communities that we deal with like if, if you're in smaller communities like mm-hmm. like you know, NGRs or Fathers of the Grind or Nerd Overdrive or, you know, some of these other communities that we deal with, getting a smaller, more curated group of people, uh, you know, to deal with. And, like, people people in smaller groups are out there that, like, help other people. You know, they are built right. specifically to help other people. Like, that's – and coming back to NGR Radio, that's, like, kind of what – I wanted this to be was to help other people. And, you know, nerd overdrive does a great job of helping other people. You know, Lee built my PC that, uh, you know, we have that I record most of our shows on, uh, Ray helps a lot in a lot of different ways, you know, and, and, you know, the stuff that Becky does with extra life is just amazing. Right. And then you see people like, uh, the fathers of the grind guys where they like specifically, have a group designed for people who don't have a lot of time to game but are interested in you know these co-op experiences or playing with other people and like it's all designed around uh this is this is the community we've built we want to play with people who don't have a lot of time to play games and like you know we'll we'll play together and experience this together in the way that we expect you know sadly expect the world to be but isn't and it's really cool. I I think our communities 
for the most part are are great communities to game and and like be a part of and it kind of eliminates that toxicity because as we you know it's something we all experience where like we went through and would play online without our friends and this is why people don't wear headsets anymore is because they don't want to hear these whiny people complain about stuff right but we also have seen xbox and playstation implement a party system nintendo has their new party app on their phones like you know we see these apps created to eliminate the toxicity you know and it's getting better it is getting better in a lot of ways it's getting worse in a lot of ways with like social media and twitter and stuff being more relevant in our lives than other ever but like having those communities makes it less toxic makes it more viable to make friends and play with friends on the internet like without the internet we wouldn't have ever met you know we wouldn't have ever become friends and so you know, Matt and I would never become friends. Like, and now I've met both of you in person, and it's like, without our love of playing games together, we would have never been able to do any of this. Exactly. So exactly. And and Quirky saying that he's better at video games, and I don't think he is. Like Destiny, Destiny, and some other online games, you're very knowledgeable. And I'm like, uh, yeah, but okay. being knowledgeable doesn't mean you're good at. Looking and, and There's a lot of you look at no, look no. look. You see a lot of people. <laughs> you see a lot of people on ESPN uh, criticize athletes and stuff, but you look at them, and you're like. I don't know if you could ever do what they're doing out exactly. of the field. So, like, you know, I enjoy Destiny a lot. I have re- I've gone down several Wikipedia rabbit holes mm-hmm. reading about weapons and lore and what guns work in certain situations, uh, you know, because I know I'm not a great player in a sense. You know, like, I can, I can handle myself... In the raid, I can handle myself in PVE situations. Yeah. I do okay in Crucible. I am hovering around that 1 KD ratio, like, which is good for me in a competitive multiplayer game. Uh, but, like, I fall down these rabbit holes, and I feel if I'm more knowledgeable about the stuff that I'm using in uh-huh. the game, I can be a better part of the team because I'm using the gear that fits me. I'm using the gear that fits the situation. Like, I was t- telling you I got that rocket launcher from the raid. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be using that because it has cluster bombs, and it's made for fighting giant bosses, right? And the final boss in the raid uh, just stands there, and the perk on the weapon is becomes more accurate and more powerful while aiming down sights standing still. And so, well... And, and and something Destiny doesn't tell you is that as you progress through the raid, the raid weapons are specifically built to help you make the raid easier. Yes. Right? That's what the weapons you are for. But to get those weapons, you have to run the raid without those weapons, which also makes you a better player. You're like, oh, I made it through the situation without the gear that makes it easier. Well, now I'm getting the gear that makes it easier. So, like when the prestige raid comes out, we're all going to be running our raid stuff because mm-hmm. it's going to make the raid easier for us. So, uh, you know, just being knowledgeable, I think makes you a better player as well. Uh, 
but yeah yeah it's, it's I weird wouldn't say i'm a good player though. It, well this is the thing because you are a good player in destiny 2 and uh i know it's your first time playing contra 3 so you guys watched the video on hr radio uh you know why am i dead already <laughs> and then you just see me like go through it and just like yeah it's, it's the same thing right though like for me everything in destiny is muscle memory where when we were playing contra all those muscle memories started coming back to you like mm-hmm. right away where like yeah i played contra on the nes not a whole lot but i've played it but i've never played uh contra, contra 3. 3 yes and so i'm just running through the levels like literally running past ed just holding down the b but or the the shoot button and i was just like ah i'm dead Ah, I'm dead. Ah, I'm dead. Ed, I'm pressing select. I'm stealing your life. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just like, oh, okay, go ahead. It, it, it's it's very weird because, uh, you know, of course I'm knowledgeable with retro games, and I'm I'm getting better at a lot of new modern games, and better as in I'm able to separate my retro skills to, from my modern skills. Mm-hmm. Like, I know how to, of course, we all know how to play a video game. Mm-hmm. But there's some things in, there's some things in Destiny 2. Like, I told Corey, I'm like, I'm sorry, you guys. My mind is set on doing stuff like Contra and running away to hide to get my energy back. But I I go guns a hole, guns a blazing because I have that contra sense that in order to progress, you have to keep shooting. Yeah, that's like that's kind of how I felt. I used to do that in Halo, was run in and just shoot everything and and stuff. But like I would play through the Halo campaigns on easy first because I wanted uh. to feel like nothing can stop me. And then you go through and progress through. Like by the time you get to heroic and legendary, especially legendary, you're like. I'm hiding behind this rock. I'm going to take one very focused, specific shot at an enemy, and then I'm going to crouch back here until my energy comes back because 40 other enemies are shooting at me. Right. And then I'm going to pop out, line up a shot, not take the shot, pop back behind cover while my energy, and then when I pop back up, I hope that guy's there because then I'm going to shoot him. And, like, that's the approach I took with Destiny originally. It was, like, I was running through, like, I understood that it was, like, it. RPG, but not really. I was expecting more of like Borderlands at first. Right? Yes, where like it still feels like a first-person shooter. Uh, Borderlands does. Your guns just get better over time, and it does a good job of scaling the enemies to your level. Where Destiny One, particularly, didn't really scale the enemies. It just expected you to be at that level, and so like I would run through like the second or third mission, and I wasn't. I wasn't a high enough level and like I would be taking my assault rifle and just shooting these guys with like two or three clips and they wouldn't go down and they'd hit me once or twice and I would die because I wasn't high enough level and like that's when that's the point where you're like okay I really need to learn how to play this game and like remove your I'm playing Halo on normal guns blazing and moving into this new type of strategy that you have to use to progress through the game and like now with the kinetic and energy weapon slots instead of the primary and secondary slots it adds a new layer of strategy where like okay that guy has an orange shield and and like this is i mean this is typical for rpgs in general but like that guy has an orange shield so he's he's uh his weakness is solar so i have to find a solar weapon and take down a shield and then switch to a kinetic weapon to take down his health. Yes. 
And so, like, there's a new layer of strategy to that that I've, I'm still struggling with, you know? Yeah, we, even when you was watching me playing uh, Gears of War 4, like, I'm playing on hardcore. And, you know, I'm still... My thing is, okay, this is a Gears of War game. So, basically, I hop and pop. Mm-hmm. Like, you hop into a space and you pop off the chute. And... I was at a level at where I'm able to handle the first wave, Mm -hmm. but the second wave, I don't have a shotgun, so I got to keep moving. And I'm just like, well, there's no, there's really no way to move because the camera is messing me up. Right. And I kept dying over and over. You're in, like, I think you're in, like, the third act where, like, spoilers for Gears of War 4, if you haven't played it, that's your fault. Uh Marcus gets captured, and you're in this part where you're tr- trying to find Marcus, right? And you're yes. up in this tower where, uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty close to the end of that specific mission. Uh-huh. And you're in this tower with this, it's like a square walkway, but the middle is missing because that's where the stairs are to go up into this tower. And the first part is you're shooting down at these waves of enemies, and you're you're popping with your Lancer or... Or your the machine rifle. gun, yeah, the or, the, or, or the like machine. I think you're using the boom shot at one point, mm-hmm. uh, and you're taking out these enemies kind of pretty easily, right? Because you have the high ground, you're taking advantage, but you don't have the weapon like the shotgun to take out the uh, what are they called the the crawly these, guys, the crawly guys, yeah, like, that like, hop around and, and jump around. Like I mean, gosh, I forget what they're called. I was so into gears, and now I forget. I hate that when that happens. But like you know. The easiest way to take those guys out, obviously, is walk backwards and aim your shotgun at them. Right? Yeah, that's the way you take those out. Well, when you don't have the right weapons, you have to adjust your strategy. And, right, and you know that's true for all shooters, but gears specifically is played a specific way, and they design it to be played that specific way, and it's really hard to adjust. And so, like, yeah, man, that was that was rough. I felt really bad for you watching me. But- I was like. I was like, pull, I was like, pull out your shotgun, and you're like, I don't have one. Well, and this is this is the weird thing, uh, and this is gonna be the last part of it is that you struggling in the raid. I'm struggling on hardcore, but did you end up being a raid? I'm still struggling, but yeah. I did end up being it. And it was just like it, like if we, like you was co-oping and I wasn't. And I feel like if I had some another person co-op with me, we're able to have my back. We would have gotten mm-hmm. through. Yeah. Uh, just because like the like the co-op AI in Gears has gotten better, but it's still terrible. Yes. You know, you still find people shooting at walls or like kind of popping and just kind of shooting in the direction that you're shooting but not really hitting anything. Because like it's just it's kind of like more of an immersive thing to have uh player like other characters with you right. and just shooting playing by yourself. But like I remember playing the Gears Ultimate Edition, the first game when it came out, uh-huh. and I was hiding behind cover, and like I was facing like that that second mission after you break Marcus out of jail. It's you that first part where you're like going to walk up the stairs and you see that cathedral, and like you're getting ready to run up the stairs around to the right where there's enemies and you're kind of making your way through the city. Like I was, I was up against the cathedral wall getting ready to go around the corner where like that second major area where guys start popping up. I look over and Dom is like shooting backwards, like not even <laughs> towards the enemies. He's literally just like standing in the middle of the, of the walkway shooting backwards. And I'm like, 
Hmm. That's not That's... right. That way. <laughs> that way. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I, I get it. And, like, I I was going to hop on Gears, but, like, you were playing on my Xbox as I was playing the raid. I was playing the Destiny raid on PlayStation. And so, like, we just we just ended up doing other stuff. But, like, yeah, that was. <laughs> and then you were, you were like, I'm done with this. And then you started playing Destiny on, on Xbox. <laughs> so like, well, yeah, I, I had got through it. I was like, yes, I did this fight for about 45 minutes. <laughs> Let me hop on Destiny so I could just like. Yours is hard, man. Like, playing you know what? campaigns are hard, especially in the higher levels. It, and, and you know what? Uh, I love that I did get that challenge. Because it because uh, it makes me feel like I earn I earned it. It's not saying I'm not saying that it's not possible to beat because I did it by myself. It's just like you gotta be smart and you gotta use whatever you use. You got to keep moving and mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, that's gonna be for it for the show. This is the season finale of Optional Opinion. Once again, thank you, Corey, for coming on the show. Once again, and have this discussion with me yeah it was fun it was just a good general discussion like I, lo- I love just like you know how we are like we just always talk about games no matter what it doesn't matter if we're podcasting or not sometimes our general con like podcasting yes and like it's just it's always fun just to talk about stuff and i feel like our conversations are more natural than most just because like we just kind of have that rhythm down you know we have that cadence where like we'll bounce stuff back and forth off each other and and that's just that's kind of what makes you know our shows work well is like you know we just have that cadence and it's it's always fun just to talk about games man <laughs> even when we like dead be tired <laughs> that, yeah. that's weird with us we'll be dead be tired be like Ugh. What's that, everybody? Welcome to Nintendo yeah, Pop. Like, and then we'll we'll get like hype because I normally, yeah. you know, like when we were talking about the Xenoblade Collector's Edition, I was like, I'm really tired. And then like Larry said something about the Steelbook, and I was like, hmm? Wide awake, what? And then like, yeah, it was. It's just even if we're tired, we still have the energy to like be pa- passionate about what we're talking about, and and it's always just fun. Yes. So everybody, uh, like I said, this is the season finale. Uh, check out NGR Radio Nerds Go Wrong on YouTube and our website, uh, Nerds Go Wrong Radio dot com. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Simon's Cake, uh, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, Secret Friends Unite, uh, Nerds o- Nerd Overdrive, uh, um, to Life of Gaming, uh, to Jamie and Josh and Chris, to everybody, to them, uh, everybody that I plug in their shows and stuff. Um, there will be new plugs coming. Uh, apparently, I don't have the information with me right now, but you can follow me on Twitter at that retro code. You guys can email me at my out to comment at yahoo.com. Um, I am going to be trying to do something for October 6th. Uh, I can't really say uh, what it is. Uh, because I really got to get with this person and have this discussion. It's going to be really good. I'm going to try my best for that. But there's going to be new plugs, new guests coming on. Um, 
I'm actually going to have finally have my Mass Effect Andromeda discussion with the guys at Simon's Cake. This, that one is going to be really good. I cannot wait. Topics and stuff coming. I am going to be back on a regular schedule of doing recordings so that you guys will be getting episodes on Friday or Saturday. I know we're getting into the holiday season, so there might be some stuff pushed back. Um, I'm going to be trying to be more committed to writing for Optional Opinion. But with that, uh, Corey, would you like to plug anything um well i mean you can follow me on twitter at cory and uhd you can follow me on instagram and twitch at cory and hd uh i am planning on starting to stream stuff i've been planning it for a while i just mm-hmm. haven't had really had the time because i've been redoing the website for ngr and kind of planning for ed to be here uh so like we had to rearrange the the office slash game room slash whatever room this is <laughs> the like, headquarters you know, like, yeah the headquarters we're redoing the headquarters uh remodel <laughs> uh but yeah you can you can just find everything on ngrradio.com and on our youtube page uh ed and i do nintendo power block together arsenal x together world one one with larry you know you can find me on ngr radio uh every monday at 10 a.m um in our family of shows it's it's a blast i yes yeah that's that's kind of it I'm, and i'm working on a i don't i'm not ripping off ed with optional opinion but i'm working on a show just for myself as like a yay it's like a i have some plans to kind of not really interview people but just have a show I am going to announce the title of the show on Optional Opinion right now. It's called Reset HD. And it's going to be just about kind of resetting the table of like, I want to be here and I want to interview like people because this is going on my personal YouTube channel. Yes. And so I want to start doing content for myself that is separate from NGR and reset HD is just going to be a conversational show where like Ed's going to be my first guest. Hi everybody. And we're just, whatever the topic is, whatever the, like Ed and I both have this amazing love for Nintendo. So we're going to talk about Nintendo and just kind of have a conversation about Nintendo. I kind of want to talk about the, the switch in particular, like the first six months of the switch and like, mm-hmm maybe revisit some classic stuff because we just got the Super NES Classic. Yes. uh, You know, Reset HD. It's going to be coming in a couple weeks. It's not going to be a new show. It's not going to be a, uh, you know, up-to-date show. It's more of just a casual kind of semi-interview show, semi-just conversation for 45 minutes to an hour about, you know, Matt and I. I want to talk to Matt about music and why music is so special to him. You know, I want to talk to Moose about PlayStation and why he's so, like, ingrained in the PlayStation ecosystem because that kind of stuff fascinates me, you know? I want to talk to uh, John, Black Mage Martin, about beer. Like, you should check out his show, The Brew Review. Like, yes. I, I want to know, like, like, maybe I'll have him and Matt on at the same time about, like, how do you guys get into this culture of, of beer similar to the way that we're so ingrained in the gaming industry? So, like mostly about games but not all about games i mostly just want to talk to people about the things that they're interested in and why they're so interested in this type of thing so reset hd is coming soon and it's just a 
I it's called Reset HD because my YouTube channel is Corey in HD, and the HD comes from my middle and last name, and it's a good spoof on like oh HD gaming, whatever you know, like whatever. But I thought it was a good idea. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, so yeah. Yeah, and um, Let's Learn will be returning. Um, I think I'm going to make a schedule. I need to make like a good schedule. Um, I know my October is packed with uh, with a lot of games and stuff coming out. Uh, and I won't be teaching yet on Switch until I get a capture card and get all of that stuff together. Um, but I, I kind of want to do uh, actual teaching, and I might find another game that's a 2D platform. I kind of want to teach on why jumping from Mario Brothers has influenced just jumping in general in games. Mm-hmm. Like, I know there's been reports and essays and stuff like that, but I think a lot of people have not yet learned why jumping is important, why jumping during the shot and timing it and stuff, and using your shadow and stuff like that, why that is important to video games. So now comes some time later on. But everybody, thank you for tuning into Optional Opinion. Have a great week. Have a great weekend whenever you listen to this. Once again, thank you, Corey, for coming on the show, and we will see you guys next season for Optional Opinion. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Peace.